I'm Darian Carp here with John Thrasher. How's it going, Johnny boy? Pretty good. How about you? Well, actually, things aren't great. I'm just going to be honest right off Is the Is it because you probably drank an expired alcoholic <laughs> beverage for the past year and you realize that you probably have like scurvy or something? <laughs> uh, yes. 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 The answer is yes. Um, um, if you're on. Yes. Pa- yes. That's exactly right. If you are on Patreon, you will know I've shared on last week's episode. Well, you heard it on last week's episode, but shared it on Patreon first that it's come to my attention. I was drinking expired apple pie baileys that i got about a year ago go darren's giving and when did it expire again it ex i it expired on january of 2022 now i will say that feels like a little outside the overton window of consuming yeah sure if it was a month ago you know if it was like September 15th, 2022 i don't think that you're gonna die but now that it's january like we might as well start prepping now uh, it's ridiculous. I I, I want to say I'm sorry to the listeners who may have thought I was doing the right thing by drinking expired apple Baileys. I was not apple pie Baileys. I think is I don't know what I just said there. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, I'm I'm moving on from apple pie Baileys. It was oh. cute last year. I'm ready to just. It's not even kind Thanksgiving of, yet. I know it's not even Thanksgiving yet, but um, I'm not drinking anything today. I'm going to have a LaCroix because I have some things to do after the show. Are you doing like, are are we now, like, so, okay, so we had pumpkin spice latte and like pumpkin spice things, and now we're moving on. What are we doing for like the holiday Baileys? Like, is there like a peppermint bark Baileys? I think there, I think there there is. is. I think there is. The good news is that the listeners will never let a moment go by without letting me know that Bailey's has new products. So thank you all. Is there a um, candy corn Bailey's? Ew. Oh my god! I, I want to check the not. flavors. Stand by. I'm check it out while, while I'm say. telling you. Yeah. I'm here's here's what I'm up to. I'm looking for s'mores Bailey's. I for some reason I've gone to a couple of different places looking for it here in my hometown. They don't seem to have it. It must be a limited edition situation. Of course. Darren, did you find only it? the best what? for you. No, it's loading. Okay. Okay, so s'mores, if there are holiday-flavored Baileys, I would love to get it. I will, Darren, this year in a different, do do something different where I will throw it out before it expires in January. Because I shouldn't spend a year sipping on Baileys that is curdled and uh, fermented. Was it curdled? No, 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 it wasn't curdled. But it might have, I don't know, good question. It got thrown away as soon as I found out. I posted the photo on our Patreon and then immediately threw it away. Okay, so they have the Bailey's s'mores. <gasps> okay. Okay, I know that. Love. Yeah. I don't see Bailey's candy corn, which is upsetting. Thank God. I see Bailey's colada. Okay. Bailey's Ooh. chocolate cherry, which could be <gasps> delish. Oh my God, oh, I'm going to cry. He's crying. Bailey's vanilla cinnamon, which also could be delish. Oh my God. Bailey's mm-hmm. deliciously light with 40% less calories and less sugar. I will take that for sure. And then we know the other one, strawberries, strawberries and cream, yep, red yep, velvet, yep. and then espresso cream, which I think would probably be good. Oh, my God. Well, first of all. And salted caramel. All, and salted caramel. I have heard of salted caramel. First of all, chocolate and cherries. Yeah, chocolate and cherries. Bailey's we, might be. You know, you be, love a cherry Coke. And like, I love a cherry know. Coke. I love a chocolate. I love Bailey's. Put them all together. Boom. Dream. Dream come true. I don't know. I've started my holiday shopping, Darren. S'mores and these Bailey's are going to be at the top of that list. Um, this, I is, actually, this is big time for you. This is I big time. This, this is, is big, big time. time. 
Um, and I actually just bought some of our Lumi microdose gummies. Oh. Yeah, for some uh, some of my friends because we've heard nothing but great things from them. Darren, you've had amazing experiences. It sounds like using. I love them. These, uh, yeah, microdose gummies. And yes, by the way, my Christmas uh, list has started. My shopping has started. I'm not ashamed. Um, I got these because I feel like my friends aren't going to expect these from me. Because you know, I'm not I one wouldn't. that I'm not one that dabbles in it. Like you're always the the expert. Like knows all about THC and all the different things that happen. And and it has been fun learning about this stuff uh, with our Lumi microdose gummies. So I'm just like adding it as like an extra little gift to my friends that I think would really use them. And I really think you guys listening should do that too Smart. because it's so easy and actually should do it for great. Me. Yeah, like do like buy like five or six little bottles and like throw them in. It's perfect. I need more anyway, so I should just do like a bulk order. Yeah. Um, well, our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. <laughs> uh, microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code SHAKEN to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code SHAKEN. We love we love you guys, Lumi, Microdose. These have been really fun to try out and have our friends and family try out, and hopefully you guys listening have purchased your share uh, of them as well using our code. Darren, let's get into today's episode because, woo boy, it's a crazy one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's break this yeah. one down. Well, on October 24th, 1986, when I was a mere 10 months old... Can you imagine? Yeah, can you imagine? The body of 32-year-old Sandra Neary was just... Wouldn't she dis- be nine months old? Would I have been nine? One? From January? Oh, I guess that would be nine. Yeah, sorry. I thought October and I went to ten. No, I, it's fine. All right. You, if you haven't noticed, Darren has to be right about everything on the show. Okay, including my age. I just want to make sure that we're giving the listeners the facts. <laughs> no, it's we're not reading off of uh, Wikipedia like some yeah. shows are. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Didn't expect that one, did you? We're not even okay. a full sentence into this week's yeah. show. <laughs> Anyways, yes, I was nine months old. The body of 32-year-old Sandra Neary was discovered by hikers as they explored the woods of Riverside County, California. She had been robbed, stabbed, uh, excuse me, robbed, strangled, and raped before being left in the brush. Um, This gruesome discovery comes two weeks after the mysterious disappearance while visiting an ATM, after which time her car was also found abandoned. In Bullhead City, Arizona, police noticed an eerily similar uh, situation when 35-year-old Pamela Simmons also went missing while visiting an ATM. I will I say I try not to visit ATMs at night because they just too. seem like the most or, vulnerable. Like yeah. especially when you don't go in a bank, you know, one of those like street ones. Where or you're just the, like outside, your back is faced yeah, to anything could happen. Yeah. Even though it's a camera, it's like you're taking out cash so someone knows that you're gonna have that you're money doing on you. That? Yeah, exactly. It feels very sus. I try not to do it at night. Even general. even convenience stores. Like I'm like, I don't want people knowing, you know, that I'm over here getting some money out. God only knows what's gonna happen. M- meanwhile, the Powerball's at one point nine billion dollars. Uh, by the way, it's about to go off. I didn't even buy my tickets. If people know I'm buying, you know, getting money out to buy my tickets, then they're gonna know what's up. Side note, did you hear about that man? I wanna say he's in Korea, I could be wrong, who won the lottery and then hit it did it under a fake name so his wife and son wouldn't <gasps> find out so that they wouldn't be lazy with, like, their work throughout their lives. So he, like, oh. has never told them. 
Oh my god. That's for let's bring that up on the next NMR. Could have been in Thailand. I don't remember, but it was yeah, amazing. somewhere. Yeah. We'll find it out. <laughs> well, nonetheless, there's lots of uh really disturbing situations going on here. Women are taking money out of the ATM. This time in Arizona, only 10 days later, a third victim, Corinna Novis, disappeared from Redlands, California, under identical circumstances. Now, just like Sandra, Corinna's body was found strangled and sexually assaulted days after she was reported missing. Investigators began to see a strong pattern with these crimes, so the pressure was on when a fourth and final victim, 19-year-old Linnell Murray, was abducted from a shopping mall. Investigators were at a loss until a stroke of luck led them to a dumpster in Laguna Niguel, where they finally caught the break that they so desperately needed. Cynthia Kaufman was born January 19, 1962 in St. Louis, Missouri, to a devout Catholic family. Her father, a moderately successful businessman, abandoned the family during Cynthia's childhood, and Mrs. Kaufman struggled tremendously with the pressure of being a single parent. Allegedly, she even tried to give her children away multiple times. So, yeah, a lot of interesting details here in the very beginning. Well, at the age of 17, Cynthia unexpectedly became pregnant. Shortly after graduation, Cynthia married her high school boyfriend, and the two attempted to settle down and raise their new son, Joshua. But Cynthia grew increasingly unhappy as her teenage romance quickly fizzled out. After five years of marriage, she left her husband and son behind to start a new life in Page, Arizona. And at first, she made ends meet by finding work as a waitress at a small diner. But eventually, her newfound freedom took a darker turn when Cynthia began experimenting with drugs and alcohol. She became romantically involved with a local man named Doug Huntley. Huntley! Huntley. Huntley. And after a few weeks, the two moved into an apartment together. A few weeks. (laughs) What are we, lesbians? What's going on here? But also, like, getting married so young. Like, I was out to dinner with Nadine's friends, and, like, they're all Nadine's age or whatever, and one of them has, like, a son going to college. Mm. (laughs) And I was like... Oh. Oh. And she was like, like, no, I got married. I was like, oh. And she was like, I got married when I was like 22, had a kid, and like, wow. wow. Because like, Mm -hmm. I I just can't imagine having someone who is like, for me right now, having like a 14-year-old. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, I just can't imagine it. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's always important. And honestly, she's still married and happy, but even she would probably admit she's the exception to the rule. I think it's always very important to like date for a while in general. But I think so. You want to you want to know somebody maybe a little bit better than this. Maybe that's just our. We really need to start a romantic advice we podcast. Well, I don't know why we're not doing that, but keep going. Yeah, I agree. Well, Cynthia's new landlord quickly received several complaints from neighbors about the couple's loud, drunken partying, and the two eventually evicted, got evicted because of their mm-hmm. unruly behavior. And on May eighth, nineteen eighty six, Cynthia had her first run in with the law. At a stoplight, Cynthia and Doug were pulled over by police. And during this traffic stop, the police searched her purse where they found a loaded handgun and a significant amount of methamphetamine, which landed them both in jail. Mm. Now, we have unlawful search and seizures here. Like, you can't just... It's not like the police can just go into your fucking house. It's not like the police can just search your shit even if you're pulled over. Like, they need... like. We probable do, cause or whatever. They need probable cause. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they need it to be smelling of marijuana or something. So I'm right. curious here how the details kind of lay out. Yeah. But Cynthia was able to get the charges dropped after spending five days in the county jail. But Doug remained in custody and was eventually sentenced to six weeks. Okay. I will say, I will say, even after doing this true crime podcast and like kind of knowing my rights, <laughs> I think that if a cop is in front of you, 
so she is a woman and he's like let me look into your bag I think it's so easy to just say yes and like Mm -hmm. not know that you don't have to do that necessarily and like it's very scary I think in general and I could just see kind of acquiescing because it feels like the path of least resistance like I could see a world into that you know that's why I try not to judge people so much about like what happens and like just educate because I could easily be seeing terrified and being okay sir you know like yeah even now, I'm kind of stressed. I was just going to say that. I, I didn't want to interrupt you. But yeah, same exact situation. Even when I get pulled over, which, you know, it's I've terrifying. been pulled over. I haven't been pulled over that often. But right, like, you know, maybe I had a, a back light, uh, brake light out or, you know, I missed a yield or didn't come to a complete stop. I get, I've get, i been pulled over for those things before. Um, you know, just getting pulled over scary. Is, is scary. And especially when you see and hear all the things that are happening, particularly to people of color that get pulled over. It's, and, and women, as you said, Darren, it, it's a lot to sort of think about all at once. Can Absolutely. I say, let me just say one little tangent. Did you know in the state of New Jersey, it is illegal to drive in the far left lane unless you are passing someone on the highway? I got pulled over for that one time in New Jersey. It's the law. Then why have a fucking road? Like why that have is a road? So ridiculous. Thank you. Like I'm sorry, yeah. but cops should not be pulling us over. Like for driving no, no, on a road. No harm. <laughs> No crime. You know what no, I mean? Like exactly. Speeding? Like more. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. I always thought that was a stupid rule because it's like, if someone crashes, like okay, someone's hurt someone, okay, like drunk driving, disorderly, like speeding, like you get into more accidents if you're not speeding. Like I'm going ten <laughs> miles over, so I deserve a ticket. Like fuck yeah. you. I just, I right. just crazy. I just Sounds like shit. Darren's anyway. been pulled over a couple times in her I've day. Actually never. I've oh, never, never had a ticket from a police. I've been oh. pulled over, but I've never had a ticket from a police. Nice. I was driving my grandfather's car in like Boca Raton, and he was <laughs> cop pulled me over and be like, "Your registration is like expired." And I was like, "That makes sense. My grandfather's that's, like seventy eight." That's years fair. Old. He hasn't been to the DMV yeah. in a minute. Yeah. Well, anyway, keep going here. Sorry. to Back to this. You. Well, while yeah. visiting her lover in prison, Cynthia was introduced to his cellmate, a man who would a wreck of irrevocably couldn't mm-hmm. say that word changed mm-hmm. the course of the rest of her life mm-hmm. his name was james marlowe and he was born on may 11th 1956 and he was a member of the neo-nazi group oh. the aryan brotherhood and had been a lifelong thief and criminal i often wonder if these points in your life like can you pinpoint the moment something you changed yeah. okay, you know you're never the same person again whether for good or for bad or you meet your husband you meet your wife you meet your you person, meet me. like mm-hmm. meet mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you know it's like you never can go back from that but at the time of their meeting james was serving time for stealing his ex- ex-wife's car but had previously served time for more violent crimes that's right I imagine as a neo-nazi <laughs> right maybe you, you probably got a criminal record yeah not surprising right. for me Well, in 1980, a string of armed robberies landed James a three-year sentence in Folsom Prison during which he earned the nickname the Folsom Wolf, a name he proudly tattooed on his stomach. There was an instant connection between Cynthia and James, and immediately upon his release, James rushed to Cynthia's new apartment, officially beginning their romance. Leaving Doug in the dust, the two fled California and began seeking help from various members of James's family who lived down south. They followed a cycle of promising uh, to work to earn their keep, but instead they constantly asked for handouts, stealing valuables to pawn for drugs and alcohol money until they inevitably got kicked out and moved on to the next person. So basically. But at least they're not Jewish. Right. You know, how, ugh, uh, how good, horrible could that be? That would ugh. be just the worst thing in the world, right? Yeah. 
Well, this cycle of behavior eventually became, uh, came to a head when none of James's family was willing to help any longer. And the couple finally had to resort to sleeping in the woods. Mm. Do not suggest this life path for anyone listening. No, it's not great. Not great. In July, these desperate circumstances led them to a to rob a home in Whitney County, Kentucky, where they made out with some cash, jewelry, and a shotgun. Now, days after the robbery, Cynthia and James got married in Tennessee, where Cynthia celebrated their matrimony by getting, quote, property of the Folsom Wolf tattooed on her. Darren, where do you think? Well, if it was me, it would definitely be my boobs or my vagina, but I don't know. Like, I have your name written there. Right. So, like, there's only that, so much real estate. That, right. There's only so much prime real estate. Prime Let's, real estate. Yeah. Well, right. I think you're close. She got it tattooed on her butt. Ah. Oh, okay. That's another podcast. That's another. Yeah, that's right. I don't want to say it. Yeah, exactly. Well, for the remainder of the summer, the pair slowly made their way back west. And on October 11th, a woman named Sandra Neely left her home in Costa Mesa, California, to take some money out from the ATM before doing some shopping. What should have been a quick and simple errand ended up being uh, a night of unimaginable pain and terror when she crossed the paths of Cynthia and James. The two abducted Sandra, robbed her of all of her cash and valuables, and proceeded to sexually assault her before strangling her and leaving her body in the woods outside of Riverside. Mm -hmm. And Sandra's body remained in the woods for two weeks before it was found. So really horrible circumstances here. Just terrible. I mean, only days after Sandra's remains were discovered, Cynthia and James traveled to Arizona where they came across their next victim, a 35-year-old woman named Pamela Simmons, who John mentioned at the beginning of this episode. And Pamela was abducted while taking money out of an ATM. Her car was abandoned in a nearby parking lot. And while Pamela's body was never actually found, uh, mm. and her case never officially closed, it is strongly believed that Cynthia and James also robbed raped and strangled her mm. uh but again innocent until proven guilty of these crimes it's True. just a kind of a strong hunch based on the circumstances but by early november the couple was running low on cash again and began seeking out another victim this time the two wouldn't settle for petty cash and jewelry no 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 on november 7th 20 year old corinna novis left her job at state farm insurance and went to the bank to cash a check from there, she was supposed to go to the nail salon for a manicure appointment and then meet some friends for pizza around 7 p.m. Neither of these plans actually came to fruition. At this time, both Cynthia and James were at the very same mall waiting for James's sister, Veronica, to get out of work and give them a ride. According to Veronica, after waiting outside the store for quite some time, Cynthia and James entered the deli where she worked to inform her that they had found a ride. From there, it was believed that the couple approached Corinna and convinced her to let them into her car. You know what I just think about? I just wouldn't do that. Yeah, definitely don't do that. But I just think about how, like, this is all happening at, like, the mall and the deli. And it's like, I go to the mall and I look at Funkos at Hot Topic and I leave. Yeah, and it's, no like, well. weird. It's weird to think that things like this are happening around us. And, like, maybe we don't even realize it, you know? That's the reality of true crime, I suppose. But at approximately 7.30 p.m., James decided to bring Cynthia and their hostage to his friend, Richard Drinkhouse, Drinkhouse, that's literally his last name, Drinkhouse. Yeah. James informed Richard that they just needed to use the bedroom for a few minutes. This is getting really gross. Unconvinced, Richard demanded an explanation. James told him that he and Cynthia were trying to get Corinna to give them her bank account information so that they could rob her. Richard challenged James' plan, saying that he was crazy and was sure to be caught. 
Jim yeah. assures his friends that, quote, there won't be any witnesses. How is she going to talk to anybody if she's under a pile of rocks, end quote? So you can obviously see this. This is very, very premeditated, very inten- intentional, things like that. Um, growing more upset by the minute, Richard demanded that all three leave immediately. James claimed they needed to stay, stating that Veronica was on her way over to bring them a change of clothes. Now, Richard then. I'm wondering why Richard wouldn't call the cops. Or, yeah, like, at make this point. Sure. Not, and it's not like he's obligated to, but like if, if your friend is saying, like, I'm going to fucking kill her and I actually want to rob a bank, like, wouldn't you intervene in some sort of way? And it makes as you, best yeah, you could. It makes you wonder. But Richard then attempted to leave himself, actually, but was quickly stopped by James and Cynthia. Knowing that James had a history of violence, Richard was afraid to even do anything because, you know, besides follow their instructions, basically. So he just ba- basically sat back down on the couch. Roughly 10 minutes go by before Veronica arrived at Richard's apartment with a paper bag for James. Cynthia and Veronica then drove Corinna's car to the nearby 7-Eleven, leaving James alone with his young hostage. During this time, Richard recalls hearing Corinna ask James if they were going to bring her home, and he heard James reply, quote, as soon as Cynthia and Veronica get back, end quote. This was a promise that he very likely, as you can imagine, had no intention of keeping. And he must have, like, you know threatened her or something because why isn't she running herself or have a gun or anything like that sure well after returning from 7-eleven cynthia entered the bedroom where james was still waiting with corinna as the door opened richard caught a glimpse of corinna and noted that she was handcuffed with duct tape covering her mouth and james and cynthia escorted corinna into the bathroom from the other side of the door richard heard the shower start running and about 10 minutes later james left the bathroom his shirt dripping wet now again James and Cynthia are in the bathroom with Corinna, and Richard's just kind of there. Wouldn't you try, call the police, do something? Like, yeah, it's hard to really understand the exact circumstances. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, he did say, you know, we do know that he knew about a history of violence with him, so maybe there was something where. God only knows. He's probably saying, "If you leave, I'll find your family." I mean, these people are crazy. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, James leaves the bathroom 10 minutes later, shirts dripping wet. He informed Veronica that they got the teller number, quote unquote. Shortly thereafter, Veronica began searching through a purse. Which, by the way, a teller number, I'm assuming, is like what you would need to get money out of the bank, essentially. Got it. Well, next, (laughs) Corinna actually came out of the bathroom, her hair and shirt both sopping wet. Veronica then left the house while James changed into the clothes she had brought for him. Five minutes later, James, Cynthia, and Corinna left the house. Now, this was the last known time Corinna Novus was seen alive. Wow. Later that night, she was she was sodomized, beaten, and strangled before being buried in a shallow grave in Fortana Vineyard. Wow. And by Monday, November 10th, Corinna had been reported missing and an investigation was launched. While searching her house, investigators found that while there was no forced entry, the house had certainly been robbed. And we know that there was no forced entry because of that. Mm-hmm. Among the items missing were Corinna's typewriter and answering machine. That's Remember weird. those? We should maybe tell people what an answering machine is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the day after Corinna was abducted, Richard claimed that James and Cynthia returned to his apartment trying to sell him an answering oh. machine. Oh. Friend of Veronica's leader stated that Veronica tried to sell her the same answering machine, but rather than buying it herself, she accompanied Veronica to another friend's house where it was actually traded for meth. Who would have thought that an answering machine would have such market value <laughs> in this scenario? But back in the day. Compl- 
complicit yep. in this. Yeah, I know. Well, yep. this was later proven to be the very same machine that had been stolen yep. from Corinna's home. No surprise there. Well, on November 8th, the manager of a Laguna Beach Taco Bell... Ow, ow. Ow, ow, had an extremely jarring experience between 11 p.m. and 12 a.m. After the store closed, the manager claimed a thin woman attempted to open the door. When the manager explained that the restaurant was closed, the woman began yelling and cussing. However, the woman fled when the manager threatened to call the police. When shown a lineup, that Taco Bell manager quickly identified the woman as being Cynthia Kaufman. Only mm. days later, that same manager found a bag of trash that would break the case wide open for investigators. Now, next to a receptacle outside of her store, she found Cynthia's driver's license, James's insurance card, as well as Corinna Novus's ID and checkbook. Now, once police had their names, the investigation, as you might expect, unfolded rather quickly. The couple had left a lengthy paper trail of ATM withdrawals, Motel stays and other purchases placing themselves within close proximity to each other. Uh, I'm sorry, to each crime scene. James and Cynthia's photos were sent out to reporters and the manhunt for them basically began. On November 12th, 19-year-old Linnell Murray was reported missing after she failed to show up for a date with her boyfriend. Linnell's car was found outside of her workplace, but she was nowhere to be found. Her body was discovered two days later by a housekeeper in Huntington in at Huntington Beach Hotel. Excuse me. Linnell was found with her head submerged in a semi-filled bathtub with strips of ripped up towels wrapped around her neck. Interesting. Yeah. Now this is maybe, yeah, we don't know the exact details of all the deaths, but that's a very specific way to kill somebody. It's not your run-of-the-mill Mm-mm. murder. The autopsy suggested that after she had been strangled to death, she had also been raped. Yeah, so lots of horror. The string of horrors continue with these people, potentially. A nearby motel had been linked to Cynthia and James through their credit cards, and upon searching, officers found numerous pieces of paper with the name Linnell Murray written over and over, as though someone had sort of been practicing her signature. Ah, okay. Investigators now had a direct connection between the fugitive lovers and two of their victims. After assaulting and killing Linnell, Cynthia and James stole her credit card and traveled to Big Bear City, California. At this point, Veronica had been brought into custody and a statewide alert had been put out on both Cynthia and James. Word of Corinna and Linnell's disappearances had also made local headlines. Despite knowing that they were wanted for murder, the couple made little effort to conceal themselves and the police were quickly called out to Big Bear City. Yeah, they don't seem... why. Go ahead. They don't seem smart. Yeah, I was just going to say that. They don't seem like people that know how to do this very well. You know what I mean? Well, Or they don't care. Or they don't care, maybe, yeah. Well, when authorities finally caught up with them on November 14th, they found the pair in bathing suits on the side of the highway. <sighs> Cynthia and James quickly surrender and were arrested for the murder of Linnell Murray. During questioning, Cynthia almost immediately confessed to helping abduct and kill all four women, a statement she would later redact, claiming that she only did what she did out of fear of James. Curious Who, by the way, has here. a history of violence, so that's somewhat understandable. Like, I could see him basically saying, do this or else, you know? Right. And in an attempt to win the favor of the authorities, Cynthia agreed to bring them to the spot where Corinna was buried. On November 17th, James and Corinna, sorry, James and Cynthia were formally charged with the murder of Corinna Novus. Both were held for trial without bond as they waited 32 months. <laughs> so two and a half, a little bit mm-hmm. over two and a half years for the trial to begin. Yep. 
And then that time, both partners completely turned on each other, shifting blame entirely to the other person, something no investigator truly believed. During trial, Cynthia's attorneys argued that she suffered from battered women's syndrome and that she had been beaten and threatened into submission by James, which, from what we know, could definitely be a possibility here. The court heard several testimonies from witnesses, some supporting Cynthia's claim and others attempting to disprove it. Cynthia claimed that while visiting a friend in Page, Arizona, James thought he saw her flirting with another man. She Mm. says that he then tied her up and beat her as a punishment. Cynthia's friend Judy Scott took the stand on behalf of the defense, recounting an event that took place while she was at a bar with a couple. She says basically that on the night in question, Judy saw Cynthia talking to another man. James then walked over, interrupted the conversation, and yanked Cynthia away by her hair. However, Richard Drinkhouse testified, I can't get over this name, I've never heard of it before, Drinkhouse, uh, testified it on behalf of the prosecution, claiming that while the pair were at his home uh, with Corinna, Cynthia at no point seemed scared or intimidated. I think this is kind of similar to what you were saying, Darren, like why aren't people rushing out of the house if they know what he's capable of or even a hint of what he's capable of? There's that testimony from Richard, at least. Um, not once did Cynthia asked for help or imply that she herself was in danger. Richard testified that he did not feel Cynthia had done anything against her own will and seemed to act freely. While we'll never know for sure what went on behind closed doors, the court ruled that there was not enough evidence and outside testimony to support Cynthia's claim of battered women's syndrome and any abuse at the hand of James did not excuse her actions. So on July 18, 1989, both James Marlowe and Cynthia Kaufman were convicted for the murder of Corinna Novus and sentenced to death. This, this ruling makes Cynthia the first woman put on death row after the death penalty had been reinstated in California. The couple were later tried and convicted for the murder of Lionel Murray. Unfortunately, as Pamela Simmons' body was never recovered, authorities were unable to charge the pair for her murder and her case remains open, sadly. As of 2022, as of this recording, both Cynthia and James are both still awaiting execution. Now, we do know that in recent years, Governor Gavin Newsom has changed the uh, state's death penalty policy, so there's a very likely chance that these two will never be executed. Your opinions, for you guys listening, you know, can... You, you, I'm sure everyone has their own thoughts about that. Darren, I know you have specific thoughts about that. Do you think that this sentence matches, you know, their their crimes here? I mean, I, I obviously don't believe anyone should be put to death. I'm actually, I'm wondering about the battered women's syndrome and like, how do you prove or disprove that? Yeah. I mean, I guess you'd have to prove that. Yeah. But if you are under duress, like even when, I could get this wrong, but like when Elizabeth Smart was, you know, abducted yeah. from her home, you know, she acted in public. She wasn't, they were in public together. She never ran away. She never said that she needed help. She never said anything because she had been brainwashed at mm-hmm. that point to believe that she was part of this family. You know, only did someone recognize her that she got seen. So does that mean that she didn't, that she wanted to be abducted? Like, it's just really hard to kind of yeah 
say in those moments? And I guess how else would you know, right? Like how else are we going to determine whether or not she meant to do this or not? Like, yes, we are individuals. Yes, we are people. And yes, we should be responsible for our own actions. But if you move in with a guy after two weeks, now granted, I could say maybe him coming from prison, his violence, uh, the fact that he's a neo-Nazi might not make him the most ideal boyfriend. But regardless, (laughs) if, if you do that, like what is, I don't know. Like well, I, 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 she, she might've been under duress. She might've well, been. And it, it's very Charles Manson-y if you ask me, like, you know what I mean? Like this sort of leader that's sort of telling people yeah. what they should or shouldn't do. Obviously this guy, James was way more involved with the actual killings, but it's not, it's not really much. It's not that far off in my opinion from that type of situation with Manson. So no, anyway. yeah. And you know, Manson was, Manson was like structurally pretty tiny. I mean, like I could kick Manson's ass. I honestly right. feel like, you know, but when you, the mind plays certain tricks on you and it's hard to know, like it's really hard yeah. to know and prove what people's mindsets are. And I think we do have to err on the side of like, okay, we, you know, it's like proving insanity. Like she right. did do all these things. You know, she watched four women get raped and helped steal that and get killed. And so I definitely think she is responsible for her actions. But I do kind of wonder in this scenario if she is a victim herself. Yeah, 100%. I fully agree. Well, we obviously want to know what you guys think. Uh, tweet us, Instagram us, right on our Facebook page, at Jay Thrasher, at Carpe Darren, and of course, Shaken and Disturbed podcast fans. But let's end on a positive note and get to some listener shout-outs. John, why don't you take the first one here? That's right. Kylie mentioned uh, she was going back to work after maternity leave on our Facebook group and wanted to let me know that my Crocs were still a thing as she was catching up on old episodes, Darren. She says, quote, I know I'm about three months late, but I'm just headed back to work after maternity leave, and the episode I listened Episode? episode episode I listened to today was John admitting he had worn his Crocs in public gateway drug. Listen, here's the thing. No, it's upsetting. I've got my Crocs. She's I'm upset. still I wearing them. I may yeah, wear we them know. through the winter. I may, I may oh, buy fur lined. What's winter that? Shoe. Good winter shoe. I bought fur lined Crocs last winter and I love them. What? Were you going to say and stop? The, no, no, I got to respect you. I thought you were going to say stop, and I wanted to let you say No, I, um, I tried. But. Okay. Yeah, you are trying. That's true. Um, but, Kylie, mm-hmm. thank you for checking in about that show. We hope you're enjoying it. And, of course, congrats on the newborn. And congrats on, on the newborn. Yeah. Well, our friend Denise, who was a guest on our show not too long ago, reached out via our Facebook group uh-huh, to tell you yes. you were wrong, uh-huh, John. Yeah. Uh, she said, I've been holding my opinions in. First, <laughs> the Cheez-Its. Poofids. Things. Yeah. I tried two flavors, regular cheese one and white cheese ones. Two thumbs down, John. Uh, I felt like they turned into a gooey blob of cheese and they get stuck in your teeth. That's the point, Denise. That's the good and, part of this. And now you're not a fan of holiday res- Reese's. Of Reese's. <laughs> she she kind of misspelled that, yeah. And the Easter eggs are the best. Nice and thick and yummy, which mm. that's my bio. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a problem with their taste buds. Hope we can still be friends. Denise couldn't agree <sighs> more. Thank no. you. You're doing the Lord's work here by calling John out on his ridiculousness. I almost said calling you out on your haberdashery. On your ridiculousness. <laughs> I just find these things. You're listen. wrong. Listen, having cheese it poofitas in your mouth and they turn into a glob of cheese, uh, what more do you the want? The point. Yeah, you're yeah, like, that's, that's the, the point. point. Okay, and then the holiday Reese's, they're just too much, you guys. Like, 
for me, it's all about the consistency, the structure of the oh. snack, if you, you will. Structure now, okay. You know what I mean? Like there's there's um there's Reese cups, or you can have like a fist sized Reese's. Yeah, it's the same thing. Are you gonna enjoy it the same way? No. No. So I think for me, I'm gonna stick to the Reese cups. I don't really eat them that much anymore. I'm kind of on a diet. I'll talk about it on a future NMR. And I just need to live my life, Denise. And I guess it sounds to me like you don't want to come back on our show, huh? Okay. Something to think about. Oh, Denise, you're welcome anytime. Yeah, That's ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, John's an asshole. Anyway. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. whoops. Oh, oh. oh. Anyways, guys, moving right along about holidays, our limited edition Thanksgiving merch is available now. It says TBH. The only thing I'm thankful for are my true crime shows. None of you listening can disagree with that. So go That's purchase right. it. You can get it in stickers. Darren, I recently purchased some Shaken and Disturbed stickers. Let me show you. These are the... Ooh. Shh, I'm listening to Shaken and Disturbed. I put one I on the... I like it. I put one on the back of my phone so that people know when I have the phone up to my I face gotta, listening. I got to put that on my phone. Yeah. Oh, we kind of have similar phone case colors. Do we? Oh, look at us. We I do. Dark Darren's is version. darker green. Mine's like mint green. This yeah. is why we're podcast well, partners. We always know what we're thinking. Always know. We never plan ahead. <laughs> we'll be reaching out to more of you on Patreon to come on the show and guest host with us. We're continuing like our fun on Patreon, including more live streams with big holiday prizes in the coming weeks. So make sure you sign up if you haven't yet. And all of the links for Patreon and other things like our merch can be found in our show notes. Or you can just head over to patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed. All one word. It all works out that way. And, of course, we're thankful for you guys. And, of course, we're thankful for Megan. <laughs> Let's thank her. One, two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Megan. Wait a minute. Let me try something here while we're doing this. Oh, can you hear me okay? Yeah. I'm just messing with something. Hold on one second. Um, hold on. Anything? What do you? Oh, oh. Are we doing, like, an echo? Hello? Oh. <laughs> one, Go. two, three. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Your voice Scary. is, this is the first sound time like, your voice is lower than mine. Sound like somebody you know? Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Maybe we will oh. bring that up again. Interesting. Hold on. Hold on, I changed my voice again. Oh? <laughs> now it's a little girly. Oh, hold on. Let me see. I can That's adjust. girly? I'm not sure that's girly. So here's how the voice sounds. Okay, I have a, I'm having a feedback thing. I don't okay, know how to turn it oh, off. So there I'm just it is. Totally okay. okay. Well, Megan, oh, you get it in a lot of different voices today. Thanks, Megan. That's good. That's good. Like you sucked a balloon. That's Listen, good. I paid a lot of money for this stupid little soundboard mixer. So right, we we're going to use it, people. We're going to use it, people. All right. And thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We, we love have you more guys. fun See you coming. Next week. See you next okay. time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> or should I say, bye.